With more than 5.5 million subscribers on YouTube and more than 2.4 billion views on their channel, Viva La Dirt League are most definitely world famous, but mostly outside of New Zealand. The bunch of nerds who play games and make comedy sketches about games have come a long way. Longtime friends and business partners Adam King, Rowan Betjeman and Alan Morrison launched their channel in 2011, combining their love of video games with filmmaking. For those who've done it, they'll know crowdfunding is not for the faint-hearted. But the fans of the trio rallied around and have raised an astonishing $4 million to fund a new studio for the crew in West Auckland. I spoke to Adam King earlier about the group taking their videos to the next level. But firstly, how would he describe their skits for those who've never seen them? It depends the age of the person that I'm talking to. Generally, though, I say that we're like Monty Python, except aimed at nerd culture. So video games and movies, TVs, that kind of stuff. And essentially that's, you know, saying it's short three to five minute sketches, usually a bit weird and off the wall. But yeah, about nerd culture. You've just crowdfunded a $4 million studio in West Auckland. Congratulations, firstly. Thank you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, what's a studio like? Um, well, really, it is. It, in a way, it's just for us. It's like a culmination of all the things that we've needed for the longest time. Um, a couple of permanent sets for um, for our shows. Uh, one for our series board. So it's a it's a tech, it's a tech store set. Mm. And then also uh, interior medieval t- set, essentially, because uh, New Zealand is strangely very devoid of castles and you know buildings prior to the 1700s. It's very um, odd. Yeah, it is a little bit strange, isn't it? <laughs> so essentially, we've got another set there, which is can just be configured. It's almost like a bit of a Lego piece. Can be configured to whatever. Um, interior medieval set we want it to be. Generally, it's going to be a tavern or like a king's quarters or something, Mm. that kind of stuff. So what does it mean for your channel to have the studio? Uh, It's kind of, we've we've been calling it Viva 2.0 or the Great Expansion because it really is that. Up until this point, we have been a bunch of mates making videos with our friends. um, And this represents taking Viva We've been working full-time for a while, but it represents taking Viva full-time and bringing our crew together in an office space, in a workshop space, in our studio, where we're going from friends making videos to a production company, Mm. essentially. Crowdfunding is quite a challenge in itself, and it can be quite consuming. And I don't know if any creator actually likes asking for money. So what was that (laughs) process like to get $4 million? Oh, man. I mean, obviously, we're asking the world, but... uh, as a New Zealander, asking for money mm. is just the most cringe, personal cringe-inducing <laughs> thing you could possibly do. Um, luckily, we know that our fans love us so much that they're so generous with not only their time, but also with opening their wallets. So we were comfortable enough in knowing that we could ask for money, essentially, from our fans. So you felt pretty confident about getting yeah, that amount of it, money? It, it was weird. We really craft. We in in a way we had to really craft the um the messaging of the Kickstarter because if you were to really boil it down to nuts and bolts, we were kick, doing a Kickstarter where we said, "Can you guys help fund a mortgage for us?" <laughs> um, unfortunately, if we literally released that as a Kickstarter, I don't think we would have done as well. <laughs> um, so it was kind of 
selling that dream to the fans mm. that if we were to get this studio, we can do X, we can do Y, we can do Z, we can make ABC bigger and better. Mm. Um, yeah. Where are most of your fans based? Uh, really, it's all around the world. It, it is a pretty even spread based on different countries' population, but that kind of like America, Europe, Britain, um, some of the top ones. Australia is a really big one as well. Uh, although we're getting a lot of growth in the last couple of years in India and Southeast Asia, mm. which is uh, really cool. Do you know why? It's kind of social political things, really. India, about three years ago, had 4G rolled out over their entire country, and smartphones there are pretty uh, cheap. They're quite accessible. Mm. People don't really have desktops, like desktop PCs, but they do have... Um, 4G capable smartphones so they're on the internet on their phones they're watching YouTube they're on Facebook they're on Instagram they're on TikTok they're playing mobile video games so they're pretty connected now essentially How does that affect your work and the types of videos and skits that you do or even does it does it affect the way you guys talk and the wording that you use Not really it affects a few things we do like we are very strict with our subtitles on all platforms um we now and again, especially when talking fast, the New Zealand accent mm. is pretty hard to understand. So in terms of workflow things, like making sure we have very accurate subtitles, um, there's that. It doesn't change much, to be honest, because we don't want to change our comedy style. And mm. we think it is that New Zealand comedy style that people love. Now and again, we'll substitute a word out um, that contextually means something to New Zealanders, but wouldn't mean anything to um, the rest of the world. But that's about it. We try and keep it true to ourselves, true to New Zealand. Would you say that you're bigger outside of New Zealand than in New Zealand? Oh, yeah. And even even per capita, m- most certainly, yeah. We, we sadly don't have many, um, many New Zealand fans. <laughs> it, it's below 1% of our total audience. Oh, wow. Um, and literally just in terms of fans and then people that know about Viva La Dirt League in New Zealand, we really kind of do fly under the radar. That That is changing, especially with the studio. But um, Why yeah. do you think that is? I, I would love to know, actually. <laughs> I, I, it might have something to do with the thing that the rest of the world really loves the New Zealand sense of humour, mm. but uh, New Zealanders, I don't know whether or not you'd call it tall poppy syndrome or it's just we have that cringe of seeing ourselves in media maybe it's a combination of all of those things we're not a massive youtube nation do you think that's part of it i i do think it's part of it we're also not a massive nerd culture nation for the most part as Mm. well obviously Mm. there's people in new zealand who are massively into nerd culture like myself and the and the rest of us at viva but um yeah, compared to some other places around the world, yeah, I, I, I feel the nerd culture is not quite as strong here. Not as established. Yeah. You guys formed your group in 2011, and then you went full-time in 2017. How did that all play out? You know, Can you sort of talk me through the thinking of going, okay, I think I can quit my day job and I'm going to go full-time with this YouTube thing? Yeah, I mean, well, really, up until then, it was most certainly a uh, just a hobby, something that we were doing as a creative outlet. And then around 2016, I guess you'd say it was, we really started to see like an increase in subscribers and an increase in views. And that then translated to revenue. Mm-hmm. And around 2017, we kind of thought, oh, God, if we 
were able to devote, if the three of us, me, Alan, and Rowan, were able to devote more time to it, we could probably see that growth exponentially increase. And when we did take the leap, we most certainly were not making enough money for the three of us to live full time. But we had enough savings and enough gumption, I guess, and maybe foolhardily um, jumped both feet first out of our very safe, comfy jobs into being full-time YouTubers. Was that scary? I was at the time. I had had some savings and I remember doing the... But when I quit my job, I remember doing the maths of if we made no money, mm. how many months would I be able to pay rent and eat food until I'd have to go crawling back? <laughs> crawling back to the day job. Yeah. And then if you look back to 2011 when you were starting out, you know, you said just before that this was... It was very much a hobby. But do you feel like this was the plan all along? Did you sort of have an inkling that yeah. you could be really big? For sure. It would have always been the hope. I, the, We were making it most certainly wanting to be, uh, you know, big full-time YouTubers. But really it, it, it kind of was just that we've, we're creatives, we're filmmakers, we're actors, and it's not easy to make, well, it's very easy to make stuff, but it's not easy to make stuff in New Zealand and get it seen. Mm. So it was just a way of, we've got these fun ideas, we want to make them and get them out there. And how would you describe your relationship with the rest of the Viva La Dirt team? I mean, very, very, very close. Best of friends and best of workmates, basically. <laughs> and then when it comes to the work, we are, the three of us, are ba- we call ourselves the hive mind because it's not often that we'll disagree on anything. Mm. It's, you, it's it's really interesting, actually, when it comes to writing, directing, business decisions, everything. We are like a hive mind. We don't even have to ask each other various, you know, I need to send an important email off to someone. I'll just I'll just do it. I know what the other two are thinking already without asking them. Is it something that you have cultivated over the years, or do you think that's a, not luck of the draw, but the the, the the three of you, the, the personalities that happen to work together really well? I think it's probably a little bit of both, to be honest. Mm. Um, we spend so much time with each other, talking and chatting and making jokes with each other and talking about life and talking about the business and talking about our own personal lives that it, I guess it's cultivated in that way. But in being who we are, mm. being filmmakers and gamers and where we sit on the social and political spectrum, it just kind of... Maybe it was in, inbuilt already a little bit. Mm. And you're represented by CAA, the agency mm-hmm. in the US, which represents the likes of Jennifer Aniston, Tom Hanks, Tom mm-hmm. Cruise, the big wigs. Yeah. So what's the benefit of having American representation? It really kind of links us into that wider industry, the, either the, not necessarily a film industry, but we could get linked into that if we want. We mm. don't really want to, so it doesn't matter. But the the wider the wider tech gaming esports industry mm. and uh that is so incredibly helpful for mainly for the more business aspects of Viva La Dirt League but um yeah for everything basically just to be able to turn to someone who can talk to some of the most powerful people in the world or at least is you know one or two degrees separated from some of the most powerful people in entertainment in the world and make things happen when you say make things happen, what do you mean? Uh, I mean, in terms of powerful people, we were on a call recently with um, 
one of the animators that is from an animation house that does nearly all of the Netflix animated shows. And uh, it was the head of the that animated production company, and like some of the titles that they've made are insane. And we, it was it was just like a kind of beginning, like get to know you call mm-hmm. about potentially doing some uh, animated feature for Viva, but like we've had many calls like that, which our agents can kind of just pick up the phone, get us in the you know in air quotes get, in the room, get with in those the people. room, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And we've had a lot of the. I mean, there's things on the boil with Viva that are, and there's things that have been on the boil and have not panned out, or things that are on the boil at the moment that are massive. Some of the biggest things that would ever come out of New Zealand, and fingers crossed they (laughs) come to fruition. (laughs) So now you've got the studio, and you can start. You've got almost like an office base. What's next then? I think it is basically the dream we sold to the fans on the Kickstarter is to start going bigger, better, longer. We've got so many plans for the characters in our worlds of the skits we do to either do longer narrative, like web series or TV series or feature film stuff. Um, So it's allowing us in the short term to just make higher higher quality and longer skits. But then also do more things. We're, we're getting into podcasting, which is something we couldn't really do before. We're able to increase our output on um, our D&D channel. Uh, we're able to, we're going to start doing a live variety show once a week um, from the from the uh, studio. Uh, yeah, That's it's, quite it's, a lot. Yeah, uh, just literally being together and having all of the resources in one place. Yeah. We can just massively increase our output. That was Adam King from the YouTube group Viva La Dirt League, who've crowdfunded a $4 million studio in West Auckland.